As I was uh, thinking about this morning's service, uh, I believe that the Lord impressed upon my heart. And uh, Yes, I am one of those that believe that God still speaks to His people. I believe that God is not silent. We do have His written word. We do have the perfect revelation of God, but we also have His Spirit. Uh, the Bible tells us that... Uh, that man does not live by bread alone. Jesus quoted that against the enemy in the wilderness, but that comes from Deuteronomy. Uh, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That word proceedeth is an active verb. God is still speaking today. Can we say amen to that? And uh, I, I count it a joy and a, and a blessing to be able to be with you all this morning and all those out there that are watching by internet. Uh, appreciate you taking and uh, uh, giving a listen. And uh, the Lord impressed upon me that today is re really a very important day for you, and it's an important. Uh, th this service is important to you, and it's important to God. And it's not about me. It's not about. Uh, it's not not about my concerns or anything of that nature. What it is about is about bringing a word of uh, truth, a word of consolation, a word of encouragement, a word of instruction to you. Because, you see, you and I face the same battle. We, we are against a world that is against us. And, and what, I, what I mean by against us is that they do not receive the Word of God. They do not follow the Word of God. They follow their own precarious ways, if you would. And, and I believe that we're seeing a, a, a trend in our nation as well as around the world that we are trending the wrong way. Uh, we're, we're, twin, uh, we're trending toward more paganism. We're trending to more sinfulness and uh, more humanistic ways. And uh, I don't know exactly where I'm going this morning. I have uh, scripture here in front of me, but again, uh, I like to follow the Spirit. I like to follow the Spirit of God. Because he say, you see, I, I, I can see you in your, in, in your physical right here, right now. Maybe I say this every time, and, uh, and I do say, say it pretty much all the time. Is that is that I can, I do not know your need, I do not know where you at where you are at in your spiritual walk right now, but I know someone that does. Amen. The Spirit of God knows where you're at. He knows what you need. He, you, you may be facing a problem right now that you don't know how to handle. You may be facing an illness in your body. You may be facing a financial difficulty. You may be facing a, 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 a trial that uh, is, is threatening your very heart. I don't know that, but God does. And I want, I want to encourage each one of you here today that you are not forgotten. That you're not some, uh, just, uh, just some name written down on a piece of paper somewhere. But you are very important to God. He gave His only begotten Son for you. That if you would trust in Him, if you would accept Him and receive Him as Savior, ask for forgiveness of your sin, that not only would He walk with you through this life, but He would grant you eternal life in heaven. And that, that is a good thing. That is a good thing. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm glad that, uh, that the Lord revealed Himself to me through the power of His Spirit. Because you see, no man comes unless the Father draws you. And you're very special today because if you're born again, if you're one of God's children, He called you, He purposed that you should be part of His kingdom. And that just thrills me today to know that the God of heaven, the God that created all that there is out there, all that there is, there's not, there's not one particle, there's not one grain of sand, there's not one pit of cosmic dust out there that God did not create and that He loves us so much that He is mindful of us. Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Before we go much further, I guess we need to pray. <laughs> uh, Terry, would you lead, uh, would you pray for the service? Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here with today. We thank you for Pastor Harry being with us. We ask you to please be with his mouth, that your words will come out through it to us and help us to learn the things you would have us to carry with us throughout the week to draw others to you. And we thank you for this opportunity and your blessing upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It was nice to meet you today too, Terry. God bless you. Uh, I want to start out in Hebrews, the sixth chapter this morning. Uh, uh, won't, go, won't go there. I'm kind of a shotgun preacher. I got a lot of scripture that I, I kind of shoot straight from the hip. Uh, uh, some would call me a stomper and a spitter, I guess. I don't know. Uh, uh, but again, I, I, I want to bring something that is relevant to today. I believe that God is doing something in the earth today. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that he, he is doing something in the church. In the book of Hebrews, it also tells us, I think it's the 13th chapter, tells, talks about a time of shaking that is coming. A time where everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that which cannot be shaken will remain. What will remain but God's eternal kingdom? Everything of man, everything that, of, uh, that we see today, all the wickedness and turmoil that, that captivate the news articles, you know. Uh, but basically, when you watch the news, all you see is bad news. That's basically all you see is bad news. But I'm here today to share with you good news. Glory to God. That, that God is in control. Amen. He is in control. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he has our best interests at heart. Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. But the shaking that is going on, is a, it, it has a purpose. It, it begin, it, it, to, to get people to look toward him. It is to get the church prepared for what is coming on the earth. I, I, I'm not up here to say gloom and doom or anything like that, but there is a shaking that is coming that will try the faith of all of us, that will take and shake us to our very being. But I want to tell you today to stand fast, stand fast, profess your faith and do not waver because Christ is King. Can we say amen to that? Uh, as, as I look around a lot of churches today, and, and I talk to a lot of people here and there and everywhere, what I find is that uh, we're kind of complacent. Uh, the song that we sang first today was talking about God being a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. He didn't save us just to leave us alone. He didn't save us just to put us, uh, uh, put us on a shelf somewhere and then one day to pull us back down and say, well, here we're, we're, we're going to heaven. Now, no, he called us for a purpose. He called us to, to be purified in him. He called us to live righteous in him. He called us to live in truthfulness with him. Can we say amen to that? He called us to be effective in the world in which we live. Hallelujah. Because you see, out there, they're in darkness, but we are in light. Hallelujah. And light will always dispel darkness. And if, we, and if we just allow God to work in us, if we allow God to perfect us, if you will, and that's a word that I'm going to bring out here in just a minute, if we will allow Him to perfect in us His purpose and His design, then our light will grow, not only in our families and our workplaces, but in the community around us. And when communities begin to shine, they begin to affect everything else. Can we say amen to that? I want to be effective in the kingdom of God. I don't, I, I, I don't want to be a bench setter. I don't want to be, uh, I, I don't want to be, uh, 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 how, how can I say it, uh, non-engaged, I guess, uh, I guess you would say. Uh, 
So as I was looking for uh, something to minister to you this morning, and I could go down several pathways. i got several words where I'm jumbling around in my mind here today, but I want to follow the path of the Spirit. Can we say amen to that? As I wanted to start today, the Lord said, uh, go to, uh, pressed upon me, Hebrews 6, and it says, Therefore, leaving behind the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. When you became born again, that was step one. Hallelujah. When you, when you became born again, that was step one. You entered into the kingdom. You learned of repentance. You learned of, of turning away from sinfulness. You, turn, you turned away from the world and embraced God and placed your faith in Him, not only for your salvation, but for your everyday walk. Can we say amen to that? But you see, a lot of people still stay right there. They, they continue to talk about repentance. They continue to talk uh, about faith in God. And those things are okay, but we're supposed to go on beyond that. Can, we, can, can you hear what I'm saying today? Verse 2 says this. It says, Of the doctrines of baptism and the laying on the hands and the resurrection of the, uh, of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. Now as I say that, I also want to remind you that we need to keep an eye on the cross. We need to keep an eye on what, has, what, what was done for us. We need to, re, uh, to hold that in our heart. Because you see, if we, if we take and, and begin to uh, depend on ourselves so much or we depend on what we are doing, we lose sight of what Christ has done for us. He paid the penalty. He paid the price. There is no other way of salvation except through Jesus the Christ. Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. That is the truth that we must share with the world. Buddha can't save you. Confucius can't save you. The humanistic ideas and secularism cannot save you. Only the blood of Christ can save you. Glory to God. And I'm so glad today that, that he, he revealed himself unto me. And, and I'm glad that he revealed himself unto you too. In Hebrews 5, it talks about this growing. It's a, and Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 says this, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be others, seeing that you are dull of hearing. If we're not careful... We get dull of hearing. We, we, we hear the gospel story. We hear the, uh, the gospel of the kingdom so often that we begin to get a dullness uh, about it. It is an exciting thing to hear from, uh, uh, from God. Can we say amen to that? It says, for the time, for what the time when we ought to be teachers, you need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and become such a, have need of milk and not a strong meat. The Lord is saying it's time for us to grow up. Amen. It's not, that word perfection, and I'm going back there in just a minute. That word perfection means mature. You have an infant that is born. You, if they stayed an infant, you would be concerned about that, wouldn't you? you? You'd be going to the doctor trying to find out what is wrong with that infant. And so it is with babes in Christ. We need to grow. At first, we need the milk of the gospel. We need to, to learn of the repentance of sins. We need to learn of how God loves us. We need to learn of faith in God. But we need to step out and we, need begin, we begin to crawl, if you will, and we begin to walk in God. We begin to grow in Him and we and he begins to mold us in who he would have us to be. Isn't that, isn't that encouraging right there? That God wants to mold you into someone that he wants you to be? One of the favorite scriptures out there that people quote today is Jeremiah 29, 11. It talks where God has a plan and a purpose and he has, he, he's not, uh, not mad at us. I'm paraphrasing around it. Uh, I, I, I know a lot of scripture, if you will. I know it's in the Bible, but I'm not good at scripture and verse. God has never given me that gift. 
But I guarantee you, if I, if I say it, you can look it up in the Bible somewhere. Find yourself in accordance, take that key word, and you'll find that scripture. Glory to God. But he wants to give us a hope in the future, and that hope in that future is in Christ. Can we say amen to that? It says, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have one that need to teach you again, which is the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such that have need of milk and not a strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belong to them that are of a full age, even those who by reason have used their senses, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen. You see, as we grow in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and He teaches us the difference between good and evil. He teaches us what we should put in front of our eyes and what we should listen to. He, 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 he warns us about uh, steps that would cause us uh, concern and uh, path, pathways that would lead us away from God. But He also teaches us the Word of God. Can we say amen to that? He also brings joy to our heart, that joy unspeakable that is full of glory. But you see, God's intention is that we should know good and evil. He wants us to know to do the good. Can we say amen to that? But the word, that, uh, but the word I wanted to bring out was perfection. What is Christian perfection? Again, what is a mature Christian? Well, a mature Christian first is someone that has experience in the Word of God. A mature Christian is someone that has experience with the presence of God. Come on. I'm of a Pentecostal nature. I, I look for the anointing. What is the anointing? That is the manifest presence, if you will, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. For it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's that anointing, that presence of God, that you begin to find what you need. It's that presence of God that begins to feed your heart and to feed your spirit. It's the presence of God that begins to loosen those things that hold you down and hold you back. He begins to loosen them and they begin to shake away. That is why I search for the anointing. Again, because I, know, I don't know what you're facing today. But God knows every chain that the enemy has forged against you. He knows every pit that has been dug before you. He knows that it's there, and He has a way of protecting you and guiding you around those things and breaking those bondages. In fact... In fact, the Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Can we say amen to that? But what is Christian perfection? When I first uh, uh, looked at that, it reminded me of what it says in Ephesians 4. What is perfection? Still we all come in the unity of the faith. How many churches out there are divided one against another? Simply because, well, I don't believe just exactly what you believe, or your doctrine is a little different than mine. Well, I have this to say. Do you love Jesus? Are you born again? Do you preach the gospel of the kingdom? Come on now. Come on. If you believe that Jesus Christ is one, God Almighty, if you believe that, if you believe, that salvation can only come through Him. Amen. Amen. If you believe that He rose physically from the dead on the third day, glory to God. If you believe that, then we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Can we say amen to that? I may be a little more boisterous. I may be a little louder. 
I may be uh, some things that you are not, but that doesn't mean that you're not saved. Come on. And it doesn't mean that I'm not saved because you might disagree with what I say. All right, but we can come together under one banner, which is Christ Jesus, can we not? Amen. Hallelujah. Because you see, a world out there, the world out there is lost and dying. They're going to a sinner's hell if they, if they, are not, if they do not respond to the gospel. And Paul writes in the, in the book of Romans, he says, How can they hear except there be a preacher? Come on. How can they believe if they have not heard? Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. It is us that is the preacher. We are the witness of God in the earth today. You and I are the witnesses. Come on. We, we, we can praise God for that, can't we? Hallelujah. That His, his light shines inside of us. That His joy shines and, and, and or His joy resides inside of us. I know that it's difficult out there in the world. I know that it's difficult to be a young person today. It was difficult to be a young person when I was a young person. That was a long time ago. But I'm here today to tell you that God will get you through the courses of your life. Glory to God. He will help you through the high schools. He will help you through the colleges. He will help you through the early stages of adulthood. He will help you in your middle-aged struggles. He will be with you when you are elderly. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He does, not, he does not cast you away, but He walks with us throughout this whole life. Hallelujah. Until we all come together in the unity of faith and the Son of God unto a Perfect man, unto the measure, the statue, and the fullness of Christ. Hebrews uh, four, or Ephesians four thirteen, and here's Ephesians four, and I like this one: that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, a sleight of men and cunning craftiness, where, whereby they lie to deceive. There's a lot of shysters out there. There's a lot of people that want your money. There's a lot of people that, that want to manipulate you. They want to control you. That's why you need to be mature in what the Word of God says. You must be mature and steadfast in your faith. You must have a solid footing under you or you will be tossed about by everyone to doctrine. And you see, if you're tossed about by everyone to doctrine, what does that bring? That brings a sense of fear, a, a sense of uneasiness, a sense of, uh, of what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. The sun's going to come up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The, the rays is going to warm the earth. Glory to God. The world is going to wake up on the, uh, 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 and we're going to go about daily affairs. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. But here's, here's, here's again what's going to happen tomorrow. That when I wake up, that God is going to be with me. He was never asleep to begin with. His spirit abides within me. When I wake up in the morning and I step out of my bed and I begin my day, He is going to be with me. That's what's going to happen happen tomorrow. Glory to God. And it doesn't matter what transpires throughout the day. I may lay down and die tomorrow, but praise God, when I take my last breath here, I'm going to take my first breath over there. I don't have to fear tomorrow because Christ lives inside of me. Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. I don't, I, I don't have to have a new doctrine. I don't have to have a, a new thing. I don't have to be taught a new way. Can someone hear what I'm saying today? But you see, the old rugged cross, the way that Jesus Christ walked, the, the, the gospel of the kingdom is good enough for me and it's good enough to save everyone that is born of Adam's fallen race. Can we say amen to that today? Glory to God. Glory to God. 
One of the things that we find about mature Christians is what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm not going into that a whole lot. It seems like today the church wants, uh, wants the gifts of the Spirit. They want, they, they want all these gifts flowing, but they don't want the fruit of the Spirit. You see, and I believe that we must have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives before we see the gifts of the Spirit be, be manifest. And I just want to share a few of them with you today. The first one I want to get to is called benevolence. What is benevolence? It's, it, it's the concern and the want to do that which is right. To be kind to other people. Could you stand some kindness? Come on. What's, what's the golden rule? To do unto others. As you would have them do unto you. Amen. There's people out there that are in desperate need of just kindness. A smile. You would be surprised at how much a smile might help someone along the way. You might be surprised at how much a God bless you would encourage somebody. I try to say God bless the, the people that I deal with every day in every situation. You would be surprised at how many stop and say, well, God bless you too. Amen, because, because it, it, it brings our center back on the focus, uh, uh, or our focus back on what should be the center of our life, which is Christ. In Matthew 19, 21, Jesus told the rich young ruler, he said this, Jesus said unto him, if that, it, it him, if thou will be perfect, go and sell what thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow after me. Why would that, how, what's that have to do with Benevolence. You see, the rich young ruler, he came and he wanted to know what he needed to have eternal life. But he had an idol. You know what an idol is? That's something that you put before God. You see, the rich young ruler there, he had a lot of money. He had a lot of possessions. And they took, that's where his heart was. You see, and what the Lord was saying, he said, get rid of your idol and follow me. We need to take and we, we, we need to give of ourselves. Can we say amen to that? Amen. amen. You, you want to know what it, what, what it costs to serve God? You want to know what it costs? It costs everything. It costs everything. Because God doesn't want you divided. He doesn't want you uneasy. He doesn't want you to be concerned about, about things that are only temporal. He wants you to focus on those things which are eternal. And we can be kind to one another. We can give to one another. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetary, but we can give of ourselves. So benevolence or giving and kindness is a mark of a mature Christian. Can we say amen to that? How about love? Is love important? Well, what is love? Is it what the world calls it? No, I don't think that's it. What is love? That's, that, 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 that is concern for someone else again. A husband should be more concerned about his wife than what, is he, what his own physical needs. Can we say amen to that? The wife should be more concerned about her husband and her children than herself. Love considers others. Glory to God. Love puts other people first. Can we say amen to that? Amen. amen. And, and I, I need more love in my life. I need more of the love of God in my life. The world has love in this sense. 
They love darkness. They love their sin. They love their rebellion. Come on. But in the church, we should love one another as God loves us. Can we say amen? Colossians 12 through 14 says this. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We like that forgiveness, don't we? But do we like to give it? Well, stretch, I always, I always call Brian back there, stretch. Okay, because i got, I, I got to stretch my neck just to see. You know? <laughs> but if I hold on against Brian for something that he may intentionally or not intentionally done. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> but if I hold on against him and I don't forgive him, then... How does the forgiveness of God work in my life? It can't. We need to forbear one another. What is that forbear? That's another word for patience. God is patient with me. Is he patient with you? I think we can all say yes, he's been patient with me along the way. I would have given up on Harry a long time ago. I'd have threw Harry out a long time ago. I would have. I I, would have got rid of Harry. But no, God didn't. He said, no, I don't throw the clay away. No, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't give up that easily. He says, I know Harry's going to come around. I don't know how hard i got to knock him on top of the head, but I know that he's going to come around. Amen. You see, and that's what God does. He, he squeezes and he molds us. He, 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 he begins to push us in a direction. Why does he do that? Because we're stubborn and, hard, and stiff-necked people is who we are. Amen. Come on. It would be a whole lot better if, if I could just hear, hear God's still small voice and follow after him. But what am I? I'm stubborn and stiff-necked. So what does God have to do? He has to make it a little uncomfortable for me. He, he has to squeeze me a little bit to get my attention. And when he gets my attention, then he can begin to mold in me those things that he wants. And verse 14 says this, And above all things put on charity, which is love which is the bond of perfectness, perfection, or perfectness. So again, we need to be kind. We need to love. What is another thing that is the mark of a, of a mature Christian? Good works. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute, preacher. Wait a minute. I've been told that Works can't get, get me into heaven. That works can't uh, uh, bring me salvation. That works, uh, uh, you know, that, 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 that's a bad word, but works and grace don't go together. Well, here's the truth. You can't work your way into heaven. You can be a good person. How many people out there today that you meet along the way that you try to share Christ with, they say, well, I'm a good person. I don't lie, steal, or chill, uh, steal. I don't do all these things. I'm a good person. God's going to allow me into heaven. You see, they've placed their, placed their faith on what they can do. Come on. And works cannot get you into heaven. God cannot get you, or excuse me, great, uh, works cannot get you a place of acceptance with the Lord. It doesn't work. What is God's grace? God's grace is His favor placed upon you. His grace is His presence, His power, His authority in your life. Come on now. Come on. 
What, 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 what is that, that grace? Grace calls me to him. Grace shows me the cross. Grace shows me what Christ has done. Grace draws me ever closer to God. It produces a fruit in my life. And what is that fruit in my life that grace has produced in me but a good work? This good work is that I want to go out and I want to, I want to help other people. I want to, to bring the gospel of the kingdom to them. I want to do those things which are pleasing to the Father. Not because I'm trying to work my way into heaven, but simply because I love Jesus. Amen. Come on, there it is. Because I love Jesus, I want to live right. I want to be a righteous man. Come on, and the world needs righteousness today. What is righteousness? Of course, righteousness in the sense of God is that I am in right standing with the Father through Jesus Christ. But righteous, righteousness, a righteous man does that which is right regarding other people and regarding in the way he walks on this earth right here. And we need the grace of God to be able to walk in righteousness. Can we say amen to that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad today that I have victory over sin. I didn't say I was perfect. I didn't say I didn't make mistakes. But I thank God today that I have victory over sin. That it does not dominate me. That it does not captivate me. That it does not hold me down. But I am free from the bondages of sin. Glory to God. I've walked with Jesus long enough to know what I should avoid. Those things that I should, uh, should sway away from. Those things that I shouldn't allow to take place in my thoughts. Those things that, that are displeasing to God. Have I arrived yet? No, I haven't arrived. Do I still make, uh, make mistakes? Yes, I do. But thank God His grace lives inside of me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I thank God today that His grace also lives inside of you. Hallelujah. Think about that for a second. God's grace, His unmerited favor, but it's also His holy influence upon your heart abides within you. His Spirit abides within you. Glory to God. Glory to God. And love such as that needs response. And that response is this, is that, Lord, what would you have me do today? Lord, how can I help my neighbor across the way? I know that he's struggling, but I don't know what to do. Come on. How can I be an effective witness to my coworker or to children around me? How can I please you today, Father? Because I want to please you. James 2, 21 says this. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered his son Isaac upon the altar. See then how faith wrought with his works, or wrought that was done with his works, and by works was faith made, what's the word? Perfect. Perfect. Mature. Mature. A mature Christian has good works that people can see. It's not that he's out there raising the banner or she's out there raising the banner. But people see Christ in you. People see Christ in you. They begin to detect that aroma of the heavenly, the wind of blue that blows, the aroma of Christ. Hallelujah. Another thing that's a mark of a, of a mature Christian is control of the tongue. Ah. Ah. 
James 3, 2, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in words, the same as a perfect man, and is also able to bridle the whole body. There's an old saying out there saying it's better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Matter of fact, Proverbs says even a fool is thought to be wise, as long as he's quiet. But you see, this tongue right here is, the Bible teaches, is a flame of fire. With it we praise God and we curse our fellow man, who's made in the likeness and the semblance of God. Should not ought to be so. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament, I believe it's Proverbs, it tells us that a man that can control his tongue and control his spirit is stronger than one that can take a city. Come on. Not that we should be afraid to speak truth. But we need to know how to speak truth without condemnation. Without arrogance. We can do that if we allow the Spirit of God to control our tongue. Amen? And this last one that I'm going to, it's kind of hard too. Mark of a Christian is obedience. Obedience to what? Obedience to the Word of God. Obedience to the draw of God. Obedience to the doctrines of Christ that we read and find in the Bible, not something that someone dreamed up. Come on. 1 John 2.5 says this, but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. I'm going to say that again. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we, that we are in him. How do we know that others are Christian of like-minded faith? Because... We sense that love. The Spirit bears witness one with another. Glory to God. That he who keepeth his word. Lord, help me keep your word. Lord, refine me. Mold me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you all to, to pray a dangerous prayer. I've been praying it for a while now. and It hurts. It's a dangerous prayer. Refine me, Lord. Burn the dross away from me. Get Harry out of Harry. Lord, I want to walk with you. I want to hear your voice in a clearer manner. I want to be known as someone who loves you. That loves you enough to be obedient to you. Can we say amen to that? Verse 6 says this, He that saith he that abideth in him, or someone that says that we abide in Christ, ought himself also walk, even as he walked. A lot of people that I meet, they, they say, well, I'm saved. And that's not, that's not for me to dispute or that's between them and God. But Jesus said an interesting thing and when he walked the earth. He says, by their fruit you shall know them. 
But a lot of people out there hold on to the ways of the world. A lot of folks out there allow sin to propagate and stay in their lives. And they say, well, God loves me. I'm a Christian. So you're saying that you abide in Christ? Yes. Then you ought to walk as so to walk even as he walked. I asked him this, does, do you find Christ buying a bottle of wild turkey? Do you find Christ, does, was Christ involved in sexual impurity? Was Christ involved in slander? In decadence? In drunkenness? No. We find Christ walked in love and perfectness before, perfection before us, didn't we? Amen. And my last scriptures today is a close. Is this. 1 John 4, 12 and 13 says this. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And I'm going to quote Paul rather loosely right here. He says, and I'm saying this to you today. Not that I've arrived, or not that I've apprehended, as Paul says. Not that I've got it all together. Not that I've got all this down pat myself. But I am striving toward the mark, toward the high calling of Christ. Putting the things of the past behind me. I can't change yesterday. But thank you, Jesus, I can change today. Thank you, Lord, that I can change me today through your power. Thank God that I can follow after you. And uh, I am not defined by what I have been. But I will be defined by what you are doing in my work today, in my, my life today. Can we say amen to that? So how about you today? And how about those folks out there that are watching my internet? Are you ready to step out of the baby stroller? Are you ready to move on past the basic principles of salvation? Are you ready to put on the new man that is created in truth and righteousness? Are you ready to cast away the old ways and allow Christ to live richly and dwell in you in a greater measure, in a deeper way? I pray so. I pray so because our God is a consuming fire. He wants to consume every bit of dross out of you. He wants to bring you forth as gold. Pure gold. And that's what trials and tribulations, those things that happen around us, the things that we face every day do, they perfect our faith because we begin to learn to love Him and to depend upon Him. When we get to the place where we love people that are unlovable, come on where we can show Christian kindness to our enemies, then we know that we're growing. Can we say amen to that? 
So would you pray with me today as, as we close? Gracious Father, I am challenged by your word. I am challenged by your spirit, Lord. Lord, I know that you've brought us a ways, but we need to go further. We want to be mature in you, Lord. We want to be, have your love and your ways perfected in us. We want to become men and women that are able to eat of strong meat, Lord. We want to be examples of righteousness and truth and purity to our colleagues and our friends and our family, Lord God. Father, we desire, yea, Lord God, we desire to be lights in a dark world, lights in the places that we go, lights for you. And now, Father, we ask that you refine us. We ask you, Lord, that you place us in the fire and bring us to that place where the dross comes to the top, that it can be skimmed off, that we might come forth as gold. Yea, Lord God, we're, we don't want to be commonplace. We don't want to be also runs, runs. But Lord, we desire to finish our course and to complete the race. And now, Lord, we magnify you and praise you. For we also know that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And Father, today we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love. We thank you for your word. We give you the glory for it now. In Jesus' holy and perfect name. Amen and amen.